Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becoming Multidimensional. It's Eliza. And Christine. And we're so excited that you have come back for part two of our series. It's going to be a little bit of a series on channeling. Today's aspect of channeling that we're going to dive into, and I mean, obviously, you know, everything about this work, Eliza and I are obsessed with and we love. But this one in particular, channeling energy is so near and dear to my heart. And I think Eliza's heart too, that this is a really, um, really important topic for me and really is at the heart of everything that I do is this channeling of energy. So I'm so excited to get to share some of my thoughts and beliefs and ideas around this and why I think that um, you would be interested too. It's not just about channeling energy. It's about channeling your, your love into your food that you cook. It's about um, channeling your essence into letters that you write. So this is not just about trying to send energy to someone on the other side of the world. This is really about learning to master your own energy and direct it and step more fully into your like sovereign being. So that's um, what we're going to dive into a little bit today. Love it. So I'm going to begin because I have to bring this Tibetan bowl in. It's from a monastery. I think it's a really special bowl. So we're going to begin just with the breath and the bell because I have sort of a powerful Tibetan monk experience this week, which I think we'll share. So we'll just begin with this beautiful bell. And breathing in to your heart and breathing out, getting ready to sink into the space, sink into the energy, relax for a moment, enjoy um, this journey we're about to take you on. As always, and we hope we remember to say this, don't believe everything we say. We are not here to convince you of anything. Take what feels right for you and listen to the rest like a story. We're not here to convince you. We're here to share our beliefs, our perspectives, and our viewpoints. But um, it's really important for you to feel that what you take into your being, into your field is truly resonant with who you are. So always keep that in mind with anything that we say. 100%. Yeah, Eliza agrees. So to begin this conversation about um, channeling, we first have to look at the world as we know it, about reality, the nature of reality. And as physical and tangible and material as everything feels to us, it's really not. And there is a quote by Albert Einstein. And the quote is, um, essentially, it's reality is a, an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. So it, there is a lot of science that we can get into um, I'm probably not the best person to describe it. So I'm going to do a little bit to, I think we'll have guests on who can really eloquently, eloquently speak of this. But 
we know now that that it's mostly empty space. I've said it before. We are 0.000001% matter and 99.99999% empty space. So we're going to start from the idea that there are waves and energy that is permeating through everything that we see. Everything is vibrating. So when we're talking about channeling energy, we're essentially already from the viewpoint that we're vibrating, we are energy, and we're taking control in our intention of energy intention. We can find anyone anywhere in the world and connect into them and send energy. Now, there needs to be an agreement. So you can't just send energy to anyone who's not in an open receptive place, right? So typically there is an agreement that someone is open to receiving the energy. So we'll sort of start from that viewpoint of you have to really accept it and want it. No one can just burst you with, you know, tons of energy that's unwanted attention. Um, so we'll start from that viewpoint. Eliza, is there anything that with that part of it that you wanted to add in? There's always, there's always something I'm sure. Um, I want to see where I moved actually today. I shared with Christine, I'm really letting spirit lead me rather than having any preconceived plans. Mm -hmm. um, what I want to dive into with that are two things. One is about the agreement that you shared where you have to be in agreement to receiving energy. Yeah. And of course, we can feel influenced by, say, you're walking down the street and someone maybe not sending out the best energy you can you can you know feel that and receive that but it is your choice whether you take that on so yes. i feel that it's really important to remind us all that we are the creator of our reality and your reality is very flexible and this energy that we're talking about can travel as well okay. so as you start to move more and more into this space of energetic awareness, of moving into sort of allowing yourself to redefine your perception of reality. And let me say that again. Allow yourself to redefine your perception of reality. It's a shift and it's gradual. And as you let yours allow yourself to sort of renegotiate what you perceive reality as being, then you see the world start to mirror really interesting things to you. And I have found through my journey that I expect miraculous things to happen. And I think that as anyone who does really deep energetic work, um, it sort of moves into this place of really not being surprised by watching miracles happen around you. Um, but you, you're, you just assume that they're going to happen with a pretty regular basis. So I think feel good stories are always fun. And this is a pretty miraculous story that just happened and it just wrapped up an hour ago. So I, um, 
I'd love to share this story about this sort of really feel good. It doesn't have to do with channeling, but it does have to do with um, being multidimensional. Um, this woman used, who's not a spiritual person, I believe, um, used multidimensional intelligence to create a massive shift in her life. So, Eliza, are you okay if I share this this story, this feel good story? I love this story. So please, I think Starts. all of our listeners would love to hear this. Okay. So seven months ago, I, um, in the middle of summer, I have this gazebo and I was in my backyard and I looked and laying on pillows in my gazebo in my backyard was this very adorable, very friendly cat. I've never seen a cat in my yard. And I have two dogs and the cat was entirely um, unbothered by the dogs, just clearly was somebody's cat. And so I was like, oh, you know, cute kitty, maybe thinking it was a neighbor's cat went over and the cat was really skinny and it didn't have a collar. And I thought this cat's hungry for sure. And so, and it was so friendly. I thought this cat has to, this cat is lost. It belongs to somebody. No one It's too friendly. It's too skinny. It's too hungry. You know, I didn't have cat food. I gave them like tuna fish and um, whatever I, I had that was meat that I could give the cat. So I immediately got on Nextdoor and Facebook, lost pets, you know, put a bunch of pictures of the cat um, on, on both sites. I don't hear anything. So I bring the cat in, clearly wanted to come inside um, and was so affectionate. And I mean, really a darling, darling cat. So the next day I took it and had its chip red. Well, it turns out that the chip was attached to the original owner and it took a while to actually track down the original owner. It's a long story, but I, this person who was really a very nice person, um, agreed to take the cat back. I would have loved to have kept the cat. Um, not everyone in my house is as enthusiastic about cats as I am. Um, so, um, Okay, so fast forward, I the person agrees to take the cat. And so I, it's kind of a far way, it's like, you know, it's not close to my house. So I said, so I can drive the cat to you, I bring the cat. Um, I was so sad, I was, you know, cried when I dropped the cat off. And, you know, it really, this cat really tugged at my heart. I truly would have wanted to have kept the cat. So fast forward, today is Friday, Saturday, I get, a direct message on my next door. And it's a comment on this post from seven months ago with the cat. And it said, Hey, please check your DMS. I think this is my cat. So I go to the DM. She said, check my page this. And by the way, I had seen this woman posting. If you get next door notifications posting about this cat that she lost. And seven months, like walking up and down the street, calling its name, going to shelters, like desperately, desperately looking for her cat. So I can see this long, like so, so, so many posts about her lost cat seven months later. And so I give her my number. She calls me. Somehow she had missed back in July. She had missed my messages. But here's the multidimensional piece. Here's why she found my post. Because in the past week before, she was having these incredible, powerful, like premonition dreams about the cat. And her, she kept on dreaming every night, dreaming about this cat. 
And her boyfriend said, I think you're going to find the cat. Well, who finds their cat seven months later? So she is convinced this, I, I'm supposed to find this cat. And so she scours back through Facebook and next door looking for anything. Well, I posted a picture of the cat with the original owner and she recognized the original owner. And that's how she knew. So then, so we determined, yes, this is your cat, that's your cat. So then we have to decide, well, is this person even going to want to give you the cat back? She's, it was her cat. She's had it for seven months now. Um, but I also knew that she had, this person had a lot on her plate. And so we had a conversation, long story short, she has a phone conversation. It ends up being a really much better situation for the cat because this woman has you know, a single mom. She has you know, two kids, a dog or two, another cat, very small space. And so she said, I think it's in the cat's best interest really to, to be with you. So I got a picture an hour ago of her reunited with her cat, which makes me feel like a tiny little piece of it. So like heart bursting for the cat, for her, such a beautiful reunion. But she, the reason it's multidimensional is because she was having these dreams and that there's something here. There, I'm getting messages, I'm getting signs, I'm getting information and I'm even though I've scoured next door and even though I've scoured Facebook, I'm going to go back again. And she found it and she has her cat back now. So that is a story of she trusted it and and took action on it. She didn't just trust it. She she actually took action and it all worked out in the end. So that's my feel good story about becoming multidimensional today. I love that. And I love the question of where, so where did that energy originate? That, that would be my next question, right? Cause she has these dreams of this cat. And what I would go a step further with is, are those dreams coming from the cat's energy? Is it coming from her intuition? Is it coming from spirit? Where is, or is it coming from all of the above and all of our energies are making these agreements in the non-physical realm to kind of send and receive different signal signs and messages. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's probably her, her intention also, I think was such a powerful piece of it. Her intention of, I'm going to find this cat. You know, I'm like, she, she was, was not willing to give up. By the way, the cat also, there's a street called Foothill, which is essentially like a, it's a four lane road. It's so busy. The cat crossed Foothill and then like walked two miles to my house. So it went over this very busy street and then up to where my house is. Well, so, and miraculous. cat intuitively knew that you would be the connector, that you would be the spirit and soul to connect the cat with his. Is this a boy cat? Boy. It was a boy. Help. I thought it was a girl when I found it, but it's a boy. And the cat was so at ease. It was so interesting. And in my gazebo, there's a Buddha. So I have a picture of it. It's a, it's a cute, I'll send it to you. It's this cute picture of there's a Buddha. With, I think I thought, okay, there's like, I like this Buddha energy. I'm going to hang out in this gazebo. <laughs> and so um, anyhow, I just love this story. And, you know, when you get those nudges and urges, like follow them because really miraculous things can happen. So that is the feel good story. So now we're going to talk more about 
channeling energy. And so to help wrap your head around this aspect of channeling energy, a little bit more about quantum physics. Um, so this idea of entanglement, right? We, and I, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to butcher it. I'm not going to do it justice, but the, this at the heart of quantum physics, quantum mechanics is this idea that two particles, once they touch, will affect each other no matter how far the distance so if a particle is moved really far away and one particle that is pushed or nudged something happens to it the other particle across the world responds instantly it's not there's not a delay it happens all the time it happens instantly and like this woman's intention our intentions are so powerful right so if we are intending to use our full energy and connect in with someone else who wants a healing, needs some kind of energy, we link with them through our intention and their willingness to accept the energy. There is this agreement that's in place. And so you can channel energy. I can be sitting here in my in my office and channel energy to Japan, right? And it's an instantaneous um, receiving of that energy through intention, through tapping into a certain frequency and sending that energy. And that, how do you tap into that frequency? How do you like, learn to manipulate energy? That's a whole long topic. We're going to talk about this aspect of tuning into a frequency and sending it. Now, everybody is divinely already gifted with the ability to send love. So we can't teach you that. If you have a, a loving, clear heart and you want to send loving energy to someone, they, and they are in a place to receive this loving energy from you, everyone, it's like a God-given divine birthright to have that. Now, I've been talking for a while, Eliza. I know you have lots of good ideas about this, so I'm going to turn it over to you. So I love how you mentioned intention because no matter what kind of channeling you want to do or what resonates with you, I would really start with your intention. So in the case of I want to connect, even just that, right? I want to connect with my soul. I want to connect with my loved one that has passed away. I want to connect with spirit energy. That intention is really the doorway or the gateway to channeling. And then say, I want to send love and healing to Christine, right? That is baseline. So I love that that um, that we're we're talking about intention. And intention was something that spirit brought up to me when I was really deep in my development because I was really trying to understand the process. And this is a process that I wish was a linear, clear cut, you know, one plus one is going to equal two, but it is so quantum and multidimensional yeah. that there is a process and then there also isn't a process. There is intention and you can get yourself in the frequency in the space to receive but then you also 
kind of have to step aside and allow for the energy to just flow through you. Belief is another big one. So if you are having lots of doubt about, okay, well, I'm I'm wanting to send energy to Christine, but like, no way. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if she's going to feel it. If she feels something, it, it could be so many other things. You're creating a barrier for the energy to flow. So you're actually inhibiting the process that is affirming your lack of belief. So you're saying, I don't really believe this. You're creating the barrier. That barrier is almost like stopping the flow. And then it's affirming, yeah, this isn't real. So belief, belief is key. Belief is key because that's the reality you're living in. If you don't believe it, then the reality around you responds. And that's the construct that is your reality. So not everyone, not everybody lives in the same reality. My reality is even different from Eliza's reality. I mean, they're pretty close. Pretty similar. (laughs) Pretty similar. Um, But you're creating your reality all the time. So if you have this, "Mm, maybe this works, maybe it doesn't. That's the reality around you that maybe it'll work, but maybe it won't. When you know it works, that's the reality you live in. Also, if your belief system is, oh, this has to be so hard because life is so hard, because school was so hard, because everything that I've ever tried to accomplish was so hard and it was running uphill, guess what? That is exactly what your experience is going to be. And what's really interesting is I've actually never thought about how channeling and our realities are so entangled. And it is so true. And when you have this flexibility of your reality and this flexibility of your energy, it can create, we were talking about really cool experiences, synchronicities and miracles. And Christine and I actually had something happen yesterday. Yesterday. That oh is my a gosh, that's the example best. of that. Um, yes. And, and I, I love this conversation about being flexible with your energy, flexible with reality because that just feels so true and feels so right to me. I really kind of buck against anything that's very rigid and firm. Um, like I'm not a black and white person. I'm, I'm pretty gray. I'm like, like to have different possibilities always um, available to me. Right. So should we, what should we share the story of yesterday? Cause it's so fun. Yeah. Why don't you start? Because it, okay. it really, it started with Christine. Okay. So this story, um, I'm still, here's the thing. I'm sharing a story that happened like Wednesday, today's Friday. I'm still kind of integrating it and I don't fully have my head wrapped around it. I'm not ready to f- share the entire story, but I'm going to share the parts that I'm, I'm comfortable sharing. Um, so I'm a lifelong student. I love love, love taking classes, um, with that are have a spiritual of nature. I've been doing it for like 30 years. I'm sure I always will. I love the camaraderie. I love meeting new people. Eliza and I both, we have so many friends all around the world through this work that we do and people we connect with and practice with. And it's just, it's a joy for me to do. So I'm in a class on Wednesday with this sort of world renowned psychic surgeon trance medium he's incredible and so he leads us 
it's not a meditation. He leads us on really this um, experience of stepping out of our bodies and going through a portal into another dimension. So it's it feels like a meditation in many ways, but also not. It's a it's a it's a it's a there's a difference to it. Medita I love meditation, but this is this is not quite meditation. So he he is sending us on this journey and then he's he kind of guides it and brings a frequency and brings the energy in and then he this went on for about an hour was this meditation ish experience and has us sort of go through this portal and it really is on this way sort of leaving your body here and going to this other place so i go through the portal and I suddenly find myself sort of in this other realm. And I'm expecting in this realm to see one of my loved ones, maybe a spirit guide, right? Someone like that is my expectation of what I'm going to see. But I look and I see the Dalai Lama and I said, wait, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> Because you're, you're like, you're alive. So I was really caught off guard that suddenly the Dalai Lama is standing in front of me because I totally wasn't expecting, like, well, how could I even make that up? So he goes through this sort of really powerful experience with me in this other realm. Um, he does this heart activation, which he called a radiant heart activation. I saw him breathe this violet fire into my mouth. I saw these dragons activate. There was a lot, a lot that happened. And it was, I mean, everything in my body, I, I mean, I was in this other realm, but you have an awareness of your body. And when I came back in fully to my body, I was like, everything was vibrating. My like physical body had was having this very different experience when I came back into it. It was, I knew I had been in another like worldly place. So I thought, well, that was really wild. There's not a lot of people. Now I'm sharing it publicly, right? There's not a lot of people you can share that kind of story with. And I wouldn't have shared it if what happened with Eliza didn't happen. So I told my dad um, and I told Eliza. So I had this kind of wild experience and, you know, of course she's, uh, she's on, she's game for anything and is a great listener and a person to bounce these things off of. So yesterday we're, I have this experience. Anyhow, we're texting. Eliza had been at the beach and she's walking back to, I think your car or you're, and you're crossing a street. And she had had this sort of really powerful meditation. And I had texted just then like, wow, that and the Dalai Lama all within 24 hours. And all of a sudden she texts back after I, I had written that the next text is you are not going to believe this. And at her feet on this, the ground is an open book with the, with a quote by the Dalai Lama. Like I wish we, if we were more techie, we could show the picture, but we're not that techie. Um, but so literally as we're texting about the Dalai Lama, I'd had this experience, this open book, literal open book with a quote from the Dalai Lama sitting right there to like affirm for me that, no, you're not crazy. This really like on this level, this actually happened. So. And by the way, I was crossing like the bu busiest intersection 
in one of the busiest intersections by the beach in Los Angeles. So it wasn't even like, I don't know how this book got there. I don't know if someone threw it out the window and it was open to the page. I didn't obviously was not going to go down on the street and like flip through it. That would be probably unsanitary. And I was just so blown away. And uh, I just love experiences like that. And that's really one of the ways that I know both of our lives changed as we really opened ourselves up to channel because our reality became really flexible. I had another funny experience, like a kind of adjacent to that happen last night, actually. Oh. This is another story. Another little story. Um, but and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I was talking to someone and we were we we're telling a story about a certain person who had a very specific name right? Like a unique name. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at a restaurant and they're, we're talking about this person with this name and it's a funny story, blah, blah, blah. Someone's ordering food or they're, and they are processing the order and then they call out the same name. Out of, it's not a common name. Not a common name. Out of all of the names in the world. And my uh, friend was just like blown away, but also that's the nature of reality, right? It's, it's very, it's very flexible and fluid. In a way people have to, if they're going to spend time with you, they have to step into your reality a little bit. It's sort of, there's a bleed over a little bit. So when people will start to see these, you know, shocking things where you probably, you were like, Oh, that's interesting. Where she may have been blown away, but you're, you're used to it. That's, that's because you're, you expect miraculous things to happen around you all the time. Yeah. Well, and when you, like we were talking about belief, when you expect things, when you believe things, then they happen. So even I love to talk about prayer because I love prayer, but the way I pray is please and thank you rather than please, because thank you affirms like, I know that this has happened. I know that this is coming. Mm. It's the law of attraction there. Right. Whereas please creates a space for something not to happen, for your prayers not to be answered, for um, the universe, spirit, your soul, ancestors, all of the people not to show up for you. And thank you. I have to be honest, this, this idea of prayer has been an idea that I have personally struggled with. Now, I'm not religious, but I know prayer is so powerful. Prayer, especially, I think prayer is incredibly powerful when done in a group, right? And we all, I think everyone knows stories of people, you send a prayer group, you sign up for a prayer group for something to happen and people have incredible healings because this unified, amplified intention prayer for somebody. But to me, prayer also has an element of begging, which, um, which doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't that you're in a way you're giving your power away, not feeling the sense of that you're worthy of making more of a declaration rather than an, like I'm, I'm asking for something, please, will you? But so I love the idea of the please with the thank you. Like, I know this is going to happen. That for me makes it the energy feel much cleaner and more um, empowering. Yeah. Well, and prayer is channeling too, because 
the concept of channeling is just connecting into an energy that is both within and outside of yourself. So that's a way that, you know, many, many, many people channel because many people pray. Really good point. So talking about um, opening the channel and uh, if this is something, so you can be more intentional. If you want to just, if you're somebody who things like, I don't really know if I believe in all this energy and the spiritual side, you guys, you, you do you, that's great. I, that's really not for me, but you want to feel like you're bringing more of your essence, your power into the world. I know when I, when I cook, I'm not saying I'm the greatest cook by any stretch, but I know my family mostly loves my food and I feel like they do because there's so much love that I pour. Well, mostly, I mean, sometimes it's fast and hasty, but mostly when I feel I really take the time to sit down and cook, I really do pour my love into it. And I think that they actually feel that and they get that energy of that like essence, that love that can be poured into it. Like you can channel and it's just being intentional into anything you're doing. You can bring this energy, this, this, um, this divinity that is within you into anything that you do. So you don't have to say, Oh, I want to be a Reiki master level 100, um, and devote my life to, you know, channeling energy really this this aspect of channeling energy is just you giving to other people the people you care about to yourself this this healing this love this this energy of um of just wellness in general you know leaving suffering where you can right when you're around somebody putting your hand on somebody letting some some healing flow through I mean, we naturally do that. If we hurt ourselves, what do we do? We like hold with that energy where the injury has happened. Or if you see someone else hurt themselves, your instinct is to go and touch them and hold them. That's You're giving them some of your energy when you do that. That's the reason we grab and we touch and we hold where someone is hurt. So this is just taking it out to a more subtle realm that you can do and, and infuse into your life and to the things that you're doing for the for yourself and the people you love this extra energy of of yourself and of, of your essence um i would love to add the reason why i channel because i obviously love channeling 24 7 but the reason i channel and going back to how i started to channel very young as a child was is also kind of connected to the nature of reality because the reality was really difficult for me. The energies that we deal with on planet earth, the stuff going on inside of me, everything was really difficult and at times really unbearable. And probably a subconscious intuitive part of me as a child remembered the feeling of being home with spirit. And so I started connecting into the spirit energy when I was really young, not really aware consciously of what I was doing, but that energy gave me such peace and healing and freedom while my external circumstances were difficult. And I have always gone back to spirit anytime that life 
has thrown me curveballs. And now I go to spirit even when life doesn't throw me curveballs. But connecting into that energy for me is the closest thing to feeling what my spirit, I assume's true essences of being home with source. And that frequency is so healing for me. The fact that I have found that it is healing for others is the greatest sort of gift that I could imagine. But the root of it is that energy has really saved my life. So I encourage anyone who is interested in it, you don't need to become a channeler, but meditation, and I'm not one to naturally be inclined to sitting still, but meditation, moving meditation, just intention and belief is all going to start to open you up to that spirit energy. And that energy is just so peaceful and calm and healing and loving that I don't see a universe where it doesn't benefit your life. I think that it's like, it's also like a, like, imagine like you're learning to play a sport. It's very similar, right? The more, the more time you spend with it, practicing it, devoting yourself to it, the, the stronger and stronger that connection will get like the tap starts flowing even more and more the flow uh, increases. So meditation is in and moving meditation if you can't sit still, because I don't like the same as Eliza, right? I don't like being confined to having to do things a certain way. So, you know, however, however it, it works for you. So one thing in my personal journey that I found really helpful was in the beginning when I was awakening more and more to, to this work and remembering more and more of the work I had done when I was young, right? Um, having um, attunements is not necessary at all, but it can be helpful in your unfolding if this is something that you're interested in pursuing more um, intensively, right? So I know for me, one of the first things that I did when I was like, I don't know, 25, something like that, I started doing Reiki, right? And you, you essentially, what, it, what is an attunement? Um, <clears throat> there are different kinds of energies. An attunement is essentially someone else who's been attuned to that energy. So their energy hold, field holds a certain frequency, this certain frequency of healing, of, of divinity, whatever word you want to use. So they then, through their intention, connect your energy field to that frequency that they already carry. And as that, as you connect into that frequency, it's, you can think of it as being so a lot of you listening, if you're, you know, younger than 30, won't know what I'm talking about here, but you can use your imagination and imagine. So radios used to have these, Eliza, do you remember the radios that had the knobs and you would like, say you wanted to listen to 97.3, you would take the knob and you would, you remember that? Of course. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Like now it's Spotify. Like, oh, I want to hit this channel. So, so you want to tune in to this frequency of 97.3 and you hear all this static and all of this noise and suddenly you're like, okay, there's perfect. I got it. You maybe have to tweak it a little bit. 
So what having an attunement does is essentially like makes you, gives you a preset button that you push that button, you're attuned to that energy, right? So that's a really simple way of thinking about a frequency of a certain energy. So you have different attunements, like Reiki is great. I mean, I've had lots of attunements. I've done pranic healing, which you get attuned to, Psyche K, which is consciousness attuning. And then the work I did with Joe Denning, who's a master teacher um, in quantum energetic disciplines, like lots of attunements through her, which were so helpful in my unfolding to learn from a master teacher is, is helpful to have as a guide. It's not, it's not that you have to do that by any stretch though, but for me personally, having those people sort of shine a light for you on like, oh, here's, here's a path and here I'm going to tune your frequency to this. And here's how you, here's how you then work with it. Sort of giving you a guidebook of how to work with it for me was really helpful. And what those attunements I think you're ultimately doing is letting more and more light in, right? You're becoming, you're becoming a more of your soul is almost able to penetrate into your being and you open up a little bit more and a little bit more, a little lighter, a little lighter. That doesn't mean by the way that like you're like a entirely enlightened being by any stretch of the imagination. Like everyone has their challenges. But what I'm saying is there's a, is there's a progression as you're unfolding and you really don't want to do it too rapidly. It's not a zero to a hundred situation because it would kind of fry you up. So this, I mean, some people do, and there's actually Joe Dunning has a really, maybe we'll get her on and she'll tell her story. She has a really powerful story if she wanted this very rapid transformation and sort of what happened to her when she insisted or not insisted, but she called for radical transformation. She always recommends slow and gentle to be conscious about the slow and gentle. She's like, you'll get there faster in the end, because you don't have to deal with all of the other things that come about. So you're, you're, the slow and gentle is actually the faster path to it, um, because you're not having other significant situations that may be really difficult to deal with by this rapid fire. So these attunements let the light in, let you expand, and then you're able to, your, your body, I believe, is able to handle more and more energy. You're able to channel more and more energy. You, you're opening more and your, your energetic body, your physical body is able to process, to receive and transmit energies that are stronger energies more easily without causing any kind of um, like malfunction within your system is probably the best way I can say it. Um, I know for me that after I sort of studied with enough teachers and really had a, you know, some pretty great transformations, then is when the real work for me began after that is the real work began after that. And that was direct. That was when I was then directly having attunements and initiations from spirit. And I'm not sure if we'll get into that today. That may be in a, another day. There's a lot of stories in that, but that is from, that's for me, but I needed to be ready. I needed to have worked with the energy long enough to be able to work directly with spirit to receive these sort of um, changes to work with different frequencies. So Eliza. Incredible. 
What about you with any thoughts on, you know, attunements or channeling energy in that way? You know, I love what you said about not rushing the process Mm -hmm. because that is so important. And when you're first opening to channel and opening to spirit, I feel like you just want to go zero to 100. Mm -hmm. At least I did. And there were certain things too that I remembered from other lifetimes and glimpses of things that I would receive. And so I wanted to go full force Mm -hmm. and you can actually like injure yourself. And if you try to push your system too fast and too hard, it can really cause disruptions. So I, I do want to highlight that. And patience is one of those buzzwords too that I feel like we're all learning. I definitely have learned a lot of patience through this journey and remembering to stay really present. I love actually one of my teachers said this week, you know, and we were talking about mediumship, but she was mentioning, you know, don't be the medium you think you should be. Who are, why are we not valuing the medium that you are now? And we're constantly trying to get somewhere to get better, to attune ourselves to higher frequencies, but really reminding ourselves to honor like where you are now in the journey is so valuable because right now is all we have. You know, of course, time is all encompassing, but what we're experiencing is, is the now and the power of now. So I feel like I want to leave it there. Like, Maybe one of the most important things that has been said in this whole podcast, quite honestly, the the value of enjoying where you are and not thinking, oh, when I get here, then then it's going to be great. You know, this postponing of feeling this just wholeness and completeness with exactly where you are. So thank you so much for for, you know, drawing that to our attention, because that is that is so important. This, and by the way, what was the quote that on um, this was a good the quote that was the Dalai Lama had said that you read? Yeah, I don't want to. I want to get it perfect. So let me pull it up. Okay, because I mean, this is kind of ties into what we're right now that we're what we're talking about in this moment. I think. Okay, so here is the quote: "The purpose of our lives is to be happy." Simple as that. Yeah. And it's so true. And, you know, and we spend all this time kind of going on the journey to discover what, what we think is going to make us happy, who we think we should be, how we think we should act. And I always say that it's always inside of us. And one of the messages that I got was don't fight the flow. So that was my message in my meditation yesterday. Yeah. Sometimes I have a tendency to be very Leo-like because I'm a Leo and I want certain things to be. We love Leos. Um, But I, you know, I'm one of those people that if I want something, I'll run up a hill to get it. And I've come a long way in that sort of energy system. But our soul is constantly flowing. Our lives, spirit is in the flow. And 
are we going to struggle because we want to be hardheaded like our ego and because we think there's something that's going to make us happy when happiness is really within and it's being in the flow. So letting go of these attachments and just trusting the unfoldment of where you are at the given time, what you're learning, what you're experiencing, how you're growing, how you're elevating in the present moment is where the whole magic happens, where happiness happens. And I'm sure, we can, magic. I'm sure we can all relate to the experience too of thinking we wanted something so badly. And then when we actually got there, it, it maybe disappointed us or it didn't fulfill us in the way we thought it, it was meant to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, these are all just fun little conversations I've been having with spirit recently. So I do, I think that there is, so you may see this in your practice a lot because I see it a lot in my practice. I see this, this quest to have this, you know, this rapid transformation and people will undertake like, oh, if I go to look, all of these things are fine. I'm not speaking against them, but you also don't need them is what I'm, what I'm about to say. Well, okay. I'm going to go to this sacred vortex place. And then that's going to align me with an energy, or I need to go to Costa Rica and do a medicine journey. I have, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, I think that there's a time and place for certain people, but I think those things should be um, really, uh, there should be a lot of caution and it's not for everybody. I've seen, I've, I've seen another side of it with my clients that I've had to help recover from some of those things. So you're going to try to take a shortcut and fast track through a plant medicine to, to have a rapid transformation. I just would, um, I don't think there are shortcuts is the bottom line. So I'm not saying they're bad, but you want to be in the right place before you undertake something like that. I, I, I think because of some of the things that I've, I've seen on the other side of it now is also seen really beautiful unfolding. So it's not that it's, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I just would proceed with great caution with that is what I would say. Um, but I, I, so I see this, this quest and this desire for this very rapid transformation. And what I would say, like mastery, like true mastery is finding the, this sense of this spirit, this energy in the mundane, right? It's not, it's not, well, when I, if I go and do this thing or I travel to this place or it's really, it's in the moments you're washing your dishes and this feeling that you have inside of yourself, that's where the mastery piece comes in. And you can be working towards that all the time because really the bottom line is there are all of these teachers in all of these places that can be helpful, but you also already have all the answers inside of you. Oh yeah. I'm you know, the, the truth of the matter is you are divinity in form. So of course, there's no way that you can't not have the answers inside of you. It's just, you need to peel back the layers a little bit, but it's there. Absolutely. And I always say that if you are going on one of these experiences for your spiritual journey or working with a teacher or mentor, that in my belief, that experience or that person should be reflecting back to you 
information that will help you dive deeper within yourself. So they're almost holding up a mirror to you and to your divinity so that you can put all the puzzle pieces in place and have the aha moments. You never want to give your power away to someone, which is why we keep reiterating, if something doesn't resonate with you, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to make something you know, work for you that doesn't. And if you do ever encounter someone or a practice that is telling you that, I would definitely have caution around that. So there's a quote by Rumi, um, and I have it written down over here because I think this is a nice place to end this. If I can find it here, and I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Um, essentially, the quote is something like. Um, don't play so small because you're the universe and ecstatic motion. So it's something along those lines. It's something it's like, and, and so that I think that sort of encapsulates a little bit of what we're saying. You do have the power to affect change, to, to, to shift when you come from a clear and open heart, right? When your heart is clear and, there is this importance of cultivating a pure heart. The ancient Egyptians understood this. So in when someone died, they be, their belief in ancient Egypt is when you died, you underwent something called the ceremony of the heart. And when you had the ceremony of the heart, your heart was weighed against a feather. And this particular feather is called the feather of Mott. And Mott was the goddess of truth and justice. So the god of the dead, Anubis, watched the scales and to see where was your heart lighter than a feather or heavier than a feather? Well, if it was heavier than a feather, it was not an awesome place you were going to go. <laughs> and, and then Thoth, that ibis-headed god of like knowledge and writing and wisdom, he recorded it. So... Ancient Egyptians in their daily life had this devotion to keeping their hearts pure and clear. Now, the only person in the world that knows this nature and the state of your heart, like your true heart desire feelings is you. So I'm not saying that I think you're going to, you know, have to go through a ceremony of the heart. But I do think the importance of, of devotion to a clear and pure heart is really a, a path towards liberating yourself from suffering and helping to liberate other people from suffering because you begin to radiate that. You begin to radiate that loving awareness from your heart. And that really is where you can, the best channels in the world they have clear, open hearts because they are, they're wide open. They're wide open to receive and transmit this really powerful frequency and energy of healing and wellness. So I think that if you never find a teacher, right, you never, you never read a book, you never, um, you never go to any kind of workshop or anything like that. The number one practice in terms of being able to channel really well and channel really powerful frequencies is to 
cultivate this lightness and purity of the heart. And that's, that's really like the only teaching you actually have to do to be a great channel. I think that that's a beautiful place to end. That was, that was so wonderful, Christine. Thank you for sharing that. You are welcome. We're all channelers. I mean, we're all receiving and transmitting information all the time. So it's getting more conscious about it and knowing your innate power when it comes to that and how much ability you have to affect the reality around you. So I love it. Thank you for sticking with us again. We love having you here. We feel you. um, And we're excited to get to know you even more until we're taking a week off next week. Um, But the next week we'll be back and we're so excited.